The cut. The cut. The cut. The cut. The cut. I weigh myself every morning, and I've been doing that forever. And even during the early pandemic, when everybody was making bread and getting comfy and sweats on the couch, I still weighed myself. Because for me, weighing myself is like a weird guardrail for my body image anxiety. It kind of works like this. It's worth weighing myself daily to know that I'm within this completely arbitrary range of weight I've assigned myself. Because when I stay in that range, I can start my day okay. And if not, well, then at least I know. To be honest, it's not great. And I wish there was a better way to feel good in my body, but everything out there in this realm of fitness and dieting or health and wellness just kind of seems trash, to be honest. But that was until I met Gabby Grossman, a coworker of mine at Vox. She came to us with a story. I don't want to be a body positive icon. Like, I don't want talking about fatness and my own fatness to be my thing in any way. You don't want to be typecast. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want that to be the A story of my life. So why why do this story right now? I mean, I'm like, weight gain is having its moment in the spotlight. Like, everyone is talking about gaining weight. I'm like, okay, this is definitely a thing I've been through many times. But like, everyone getting fat is like, kind of funny. <laughs> Fuck you all. Like, because everybody's now in the same position. Right? And it's it's like when the whole class failed the test and the teacher has to grade it on a curve, right? So it's like now the beauty standard is like plus 15 pounds and then we're getting started, you know? Gabi has quite a bit of experience with the emotional roller coaster that is gaining and losing weight. I mean, like years and years of dieting and exercise schemes. And now that we're all looking down at ourselves and thinking, oh my God, my body. Well, Gabi's got more than a few things to say about that. So many people have been inside their homes just criticizing the fucking shit out of themselves for the last year. Obviously knowing some people are rushing to lose that weight as quickly as they can. But like, while we're all sitting here in this shame spiral together, let's just like, figure out some ground rules. So like maybe we can all just chill with the fucking shit talk of our bodies. Realize that as you speak about your own weight gain, like that there are other people who are hearing you. Everyone is like dealing with the feeling of gaining weight. And I do feel that I have a unique perspective on the shame and like how to deal with it now. So like everybody else, I spent my pandemic inside eating pad thai and surviving in a year long eat whatever and not even think about it and just like going to Jack in the Box and getting a ton of candy at 7-Eleven and like being like, yeah, this will last me for a few weeks. And then it's like three days and it's all gone. And I got back to New York. We're talking like February 2021. And I go to the doctor for the first time in a year or so. And she asks me to step on the scale. And 
I saw the number and then she had me compare that number to what it said in 2018. And like, I had had a number in my head of like what I thought my weight was going to be, you know, knowing that I had gained weight. And then it was like significantly higher than what I had expected. And I think just like the shock of that moment felt like getting an $100,000 unpaid credit card bill in the mail. I mean, I got home that day and all I could say to my best friend was, I don't want to go on a fucking weight loss journey. I have like so much experience being told that I needed my body to be different. How old were you when it started? I have a memory of being 10 years old and like being pulled out of school during the day, being driven and like not really knowing where we were going. And then we went to this place, which it was like a nutrition center of sorts for children, the equivalent of a fat camp. And we would have to run laps around a basement and around a street and they would show us food pyramids and tell us that we had to eat 200 calories for breakfast, 300 calories for lunch, and 400 calories for dinner. What? Yeah. 900 calories a day. And 200 calorie snacks. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's like starvation. Yeah. I knew that I had to figure out a way to solve my relationship with food without going on a diet like a Weight Watchers or any other form of restrictive program because I knew that that didn't serve me in my lifestyle anymore. I just spent a lot of time on Instagram and looking at health at any size, nutritionist, TikToks, and... How did you know to find those? I've, you know, I'm a fat girl on the internet. Uh, They just come to me, baby, the algorithm. (laughs) (laughs) So I spent a lot of time crying on the floor of my apartment. And then after that, I was like, you know, exploring. And okay, guys, I found the most amazing snack today. It is 100% natural, has only three ingredients, and tastes amazing. Are you ready? Potato chips. I mean, my God. I saw Nicole's Instagram, and she is very funny, which immediately was like, okay, like I can hear what this person has to say because, like, clearly they get it in some way. Like, she makes memes. about intuitive eating, which I really enjoy. The CDC recommends staying six feet away from people talking about their intermittent fasting schedule. Legalize emotional eating, girl. My boyfriend is so lucky he can eat whatever he wants. Me, honey, so can you. The CDC recommends avoiding large gatherings and workout classes led by instructors who talk about bikini bodies. The real line of Nicole's that like stopped me in my tracks was vegetables hit different when you actually want them. And that's like next to a picture of pizza and I immediately was like okay like I can hear what she has to say and like because you have to remember like every diet like Noom is like trying to trick people and being like we're not like the other diets we're a cool diet we're a lifestyle change but then like what it actually is is restricting yourself if you want like pizza or ice cream or something right foods that like are typically not seen as like healthy if you want that and you don't give it to yourself you're just sending your body that message that it doesn't deserve it If you honor it, then you're respecting it. Nicole Groman is a registered dietitian in New York City whose goal is to help clients make peace with food and with their bodies. 
A few weeks ago, Gabby reached out to Nicole for help unpacking this relationship with her body. I just can't believe sometimes that it's like talking about this stuff is so shameful and so radical. And like so many people in fat bodies have not had any form of outlet for it. That's one of the biggest things. I don't like this to be taboo. I feel like we could all, we all just need to get it out. I mean, to put it bluntly, that just sucks so much that you went in, you know, to the world, you came into the world not feeling that way about yourself. And then you had all these other people kind of informing you of something that truly is a subjective opinion. I mean, this is 100%, you know, culturally dictated decades and decades and centuries of opinions that have been forming over the years to get to where we are today, to say that like fatness is bad. And uh, you only learned that, you know, it wasn't something that you kind of came into the world believing and knowing. The relationship with myself and like how I feel about who I am can feel so tied to food and like so tied to the scale, but those things can really be separate and you can allow them to be separate and you can allow yourself to be like, I am allowed to feel good about who I am and see myself in the best light, regardless of the number on the scale at this exact moment. One thing that I think is really interesting that Nicole says is like, obviously I have questions about like, will I gain or lose weight during this process? And she, has reframed it to be like weight loss is is like a side effect of this process. Because like, as you work through your intuitive eating, weight may be lost or gained, but like, that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is healing a relationship with food. I have this story that I need to tell you to start off of something that happened to me that like, is just like fucking classic. I, I'll just get into it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was out with a friend the other night and I was wearing like, we're talking like a mint green little crop moment. We're ready. We're out. And like, we're like walking around Williamsburg and my friend and I see these two guys, they're loitering. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like chilling and loitering. And one of the guys starts making eyes at me and I'm like, Oh, Hey. And I like, (laughs) make little eyes at him and then his friend who's sitting with him like is catching that like there's something going on and this guy screams he goes okay I see you inclusive ass basically being like wow you're being so inclusive by hitting on this girl and it's just like are you fucking kidding me like oh my god like, how are you going to use the word inclusive to make, try and make me feel bad right now? Like, just like, what the hell? Okay. Did you say anything? No. I- Fuck all of that, obviously. Yeah. But like, ugh, it's just everywhere. Now I take it with me too, right? Like now the next time I put on that exact outfit, yeah. but it's like now an obstacle for me, which I'm ready to overcome, but an obstacle for me nevertheless is like, I know that. But in the same token, if you like wear the clothing that you want to wear, maybe society would say, "Mm, no, like you shouldn't be wearing that, but you wear it anyway, you're not hiding anymore. And to wear something and not hide, it sends your brain that message like, 
I am acceptable. I am awesome. I am beautiful. I'm enough. And like, it helps promote that body acceptance. So just taking that action to like wear the fucking shirt anyway, you know, is a step in that it's a step in that direction. Absolutely. And like, I, I definitely sometimes feel that the best thing I can do for me is to wear whatever I want. Mm -hmm. But like, sometimes I'm also just like, why does like me wearing a fucking cute shirt have to be like a radical act in any way? Like I'm just a girl with good taste and a cute shirt. And like, maybe that's what 2050 looks like, you know, because like 2020 is so different from 1995. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. when there were two stores, if you wore above a size 12 to buy a dress. Yeah. And one of them was called Dress Barn. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, where animals live? Dress Barn? I never, Gabby, I never, like, actually thought about, like... After the break, Gabby gets real about exercise with self-proclaimed fat bitch yogi, Jessamine Stanley. So I think the same approach that I'm talking about with food of like having what I actually want is what I had to do with exercise as well. It's definitely a very particular experience being a fat girl in a soul cycle class. Like, don't get me wrong. Love it. will go anytime I'm asked. And also sometimes by myself. But we're talking you're like row 42, like next to the AC unit in the back, like And you just look around and like, I happen to think that I deserve to be there and that I can keep up and like get a good workout in and feel good about myself. But like, it's impossible to not at least notice that you're the only person who can't fit in a sample size. I mean, I'm always gonna have something negative to say about myself. Like, I don't really, haven't cracked the code to make that stop, but there's definitely ways to be kinder to yourself. I like things to be luxurious. Like if you just, if if what you got right now is to cross the legs, that's perfect. And maybe crossing the legs is a bit much. I'm like legit, do whatever the fuck you want. But- and that's definitely the vibe Jessamine Stanley is going for. My name is Jessamine Stanley. I am a yoga teacher, an author, and an entrepreneur. And I am a weed advocate, a fat bitch, and a person who is trying to learn how to accept themselves. Jessamine is one of the founders of Underbelly Yoga, a home practice online yoga site in Durham, North Carolina. The whole ethos of Underbelly is basically creating a space for people who have felt overlooked or underserved by the wellness industry. I feel like, I don't know about you, but I've spent so much of my life actively not accepting what is, like trying desperately to change what is. And at this stage, I'm just like, I'm good. We're good. This is good. I got to remind myself literally every single day, and that's okay. Remind myself every day till the end of time, that's okay. One of my favorite things about the underbelly is, like, when you do your average, like, put on your sneakers in your living room workout class, if you're not, like, 100% up to speed, any form of modification is like, okay, well, if you're like the slow fat one in the back and can't lift those weights. (laughs) 
So part of why I started the underbelly is because I have been taking online classes for years. And like, I really know that that experience of being able to connect with a teacher in the comfort of your own home is so dreamy. And one of my favorite classes, I love this class so dearly, but my teacher in it, she's consistently saying things like, yeah, so if this is too much for you, or, you know, if, if you can't do this, and I'm just like, why you gotta be so defeatist about it? You know what I mean? Like, what what's wrong? Like, maybe I just feel like practicing it this way. Yeah. And I think like, there's so much of an attitude in working out as like, I ate a donut yesterday. So now I have to work out and it's punishment. It's, you know, it's like, this thing that we have to force ourselves to do. And it's also, I think, thought of as an antidote to fatness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Deeply, deep antidote to fatness. I mean, I think it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be trying to solve fatness. Like even many aspects of the body positivity movement, I would argue are really uh, angled in that direction. It's trying to like create a solution to this. It's like, this is something that you have to get past. And it's like, nah, I'm just fat. It's just one of the things about me, just like anything else. Like I have brown hair, I'm five foot six. I'm fat. It's not something to solve. And I I think even, I mean, especially like when you go to the doctor or when you go to speak to anyone about it, it's always like, well, you know, when you lose weight or when this thing happens and it's like, what if I don't want to lose weight? What if I'm good? Maybe, I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't seek a healthy lifestyle it just means that you accept yourself as you are but we definitely don't live in a society of acceptance we live in a society of like change or else it's sisyphus it's like you'll never be happy because you're constantly going for a goal that you will never ever reach because even if you are skinny you can always be skinnier yeah yeah always always so now would be the time to tell you that my sophomore year of college i did this I lost about 45 pounds and I felt like I finally achieved what everyone always wanted me to. It felt like this incredible gold medal that I won. And I definitely saw changes. There were people that looked at me, you know, who had known me for a long time and suddenly like wanted to talk to me. And like people came out of the woodwork to tell me how great I looked. And I also was really proud of what I had done and thought I like, you know, killed the old Gobby off and became Gobby 2.0 and like new person who's suddenly so great and so much better. But then you put so much pressure on yourself to be so happy and like, I look great, right? Like this is it, right? Like I did this thing and now everything's so great, but like my anxiety has never been higher in my life, it felt like my happiness was tied to the scale 100%. And I felt like now that I became this better version of myself, I owed it to everyone else to stay thin. And I remember like just still crying in the dressing room the way I had when I was fat. I really think I felt worse than I've ever felt about myself because it was like now that I lost all this weight, like this thin ideal that I was still chasing was like, I wasn't there, but it was closer than ever and I could taste it. And it was like, okay, you watch the scale go down and down and down and down. And like when you're, you know, a size eight, like 
it's like, oh, why am I not a size two? And like then, you know, and I'm sure if I somehow found a way to get myself to be a size two, I'd be like, and that girl's a double zero. Like, that's not me. And like, I think that I was just chasing this idea of the perfect version of myself. And like, I had been told for so long that the most ideal version of me was a thin version of me. And then I saw with my own eyes that that wasn't the case. It's just so intense so that we will categorize people as being healthy because they're like obsessive about their diet or obsessive about exercise or whatever. But on the inside, they're thinking these really toxic thoughts. I think that's not good mental health. Like maybe we can care about mental and emotional health the same way that we care about physical health. If you accept yourself and if you are liberated from the idea that anyone else can have ownership over your body, then you will want to take care of your body. Let's go. All the work Gabi's been doing is really helpful, but it's also pretty weighty, you know? <laughs> so Gabi and I decided to go to the most non-serious, fun, show-off-your-body-in-all-its-glory destination that I could think of. So tell me where we are right now. We're in Venice Beach, California. We're ready to hit the fucking beach. Woo! And it's time to fucking... Get naked and party. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's sunny. There's some sand touching the toes at this point. I will say it's like not something that I've done for the first time wear a bikini, but I definitely felt better than I felt in a long time being myself. I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm this ready. This is the first time you've been to the beach since yeah, the pandemic. This is the first time I've been to the beach in a long time. It's beautiful out. It's a little windy, but it's really nice. The first time I wore a bikini to the beach in Boston, I remember like showing my roommates and being like, is this like, can I, can I actually pull this off? They're like, yeah, yeah, you can. And I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. Like, and I remember feeling like it was such a fluke that this like one particular magic bikini was the only one that like could possibly look good on me. And I was like, okay, this is exhilaration from Target. Like, <laughs> this is not that special. <laughs> it's just, but it was, it was like. A- when I started talking to you guys about working on this, I was just in a place of such despair. And like, I didn't really know how I was going to feel. I was like, am I really just going to be okay with where I'm at? Like, are you? Yeah, I think I am. Like, I'm in a place where. I feel differently about my relationship with food. I feel differently about my relationship with myself. And we had a great day on the beach. Do you want to do it all together? Yeah, I'll start. Just take this skirt off. (laughs) She just swirled her mini skirt around in the air like a go-go dancer. This episode was produced by me and the glorious, glamorous Gabby Grossman, edited by the magnificent Kelly Prime. The Cut Podcast is made by me, B.A. Parker, Skylar Swenson, and Noor Busidi. Mixed by Alex Higgins. 
Our executive editors are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kurwa. Special thanks to Nicole Groman and Jessamine Stanley. The Cut Podcast is made possible by the team at New York Magazine. Subscribe to support their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Jasmine Aguilera, and thanks for listening.